So I find that, you know, chiropractor, naturopaths and health practitioners get stuck because they're, as you said, they're called to healing. And what comes along with that when you have your own business is you also need to know how to be a business owner. And those are the kinds of things that you don't learn in school. You kind of learn that through the school of hard knocks mm. or by investing tens of thousands of dollars in mentors. And that is, it's, it's difficult because it becomes kind of the least favorite part of your job. Like Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast, where we guide natural health and wellness experts through the pitfalls of marketing. Each episode, you'll learn simple, effective, easily actionable, and heart-centered marketing strategies. And here's your host, Angus Pike. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, friends. Welcome to the Marketing Your Practice podcast. Now, today we're talking with Holly Chantel, and we're talking all about what to do when you feel stuck. Now, perhaps you feel stuck in your practice. Uh, maybe you're not sure where to go next, or maybe that growth has just kind of plateaued. Or perhaps for you, it's stuck in your life. Now, if any of this sounds familiar, then you're in the right place because one of Holly's superpowers is dealing with her clients and helping them to get some clarity around what's keeping them stuck, showing them the next stage and letting them know what their business looks like. Now, she does this through combining her decades worth of experience in brand messaging, in design strategy, in copywriting, and what I'm really excited to learn more about, her metaphysical tools and intuitive gifts so Holly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Sounds I'm like excited. it's a really fun group. Yes. Well, I, I like, I'm, I'm very biased because I do think that we have uh, the podcast of the most fabulous listeners in the world. Um, and they are a fun group as, as well. Now, as I was mentioned to you before, I've been doing the uh, online Netflix binge review um, over the last couple of months. I listened to a podcast that you're on and I've been just loving all of your content. But for those of our listeners um, that haven't been stalking you for the last couple of months, can you give them a little bit of a background about who you are, <laughs> what you do and your kind of journey up until now? Well, I'm very flattered to be stalked for one. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. So I've been in business for about 10 years now. I started when I was a, like a wee lass <laughs> and um, got my start in website design and strategy. And what I found was that business owners really didn't know what to ask for when they were putting their websites together. And that led me into kind of designing what that looked like. So what goes on a website? What do you say? How do you set yourself apart? And how do you write about your services in a way that, that people really understand the value beyond the, you know, the face value stereotypes that come with your profession. And uh, more recently, I had children and kind of had to get away from the website space because project management alone was taking, you know, way more time than I had in a day <laughs> with small kids. Uh, so I changed to, now I work mostly on strategy. I help established business owners kind of pivot and really dial into their, what their true calling is. Cause I feel like a lot of business owners, they, they start with kind of like an idea of what they want to do. Kind of like when you go to college or university and you, choose a major and you think that's what you want to do for the rest of your life, but maybe not. And business owners do the same thing. They, they start with what they feel like they want to do. And then it, it evolves as they evolve and change. And navigating that is like right now, like what I totally nerd out about because it requires, you know, a lot of moving pieces and uh, it requires like 
pulling like the, your real authentic self out. And I feel like that's a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited to chat with you today because so many people end up, you know, whether it be chiropractors or naturopaths, we end, it's a calling for so many of us rather than a job. Like no one goes, oh, you know, I, I think I might become a chiropractor. You know, we go into it because, you know, we're wanting to make a difference. We're wanting to help people on their health journeys. Uh, many of us have had a personal kind of experience or had a family member that has to. So we get into practice and we're full of fire and brimstone and, and, and then something happens when we realize that our patients aren't as excited about it as what we are. And we run up to, and you, you know, as you were articulating beforehand, you know, we commute, so many of the people listening to this have such a really high health IQ. We understand so much about it. And then we go and communicate in our language with our big nerdy words and all that kind of stuff that to it. And just washes over people and we can't work out, why is my community not as interested about this as, as I am as, as well? And you have some great tools of kind of helping pull out that as, as well. So let's dive into this whole concept of stuck. Why do people get stuck? How do we get unstuck? Yeah. You know, let's talk about that. So I find that, you know, chiropractor, naturopaths and health practitioners get stuck because they're, as you said, they're called to healing. And what comes along with that when you have your own business is you also need to know how to be a business owner. And those are the kinds of things that you don't learn in school. You kind of learn that through the school of hard knocks mm. or by investing tens of thousands of dollars in mentors. And that is it's it's difficult because it becomes kind of the least favorite part of your job like you really just want to be seeing patients you want to be helping people and all of the the marketing aspects really becomes kind of dull <laughs> and you end up outsourcing it but you're not really sure if you're you're choosing the right people to do it for you and you don't really know you really don't know what you don't know so that's one reason that that these business owners really get stuck and where I like to kind of play is kind of getting out of the like dollars per hour model of kind of just putting up your shingle and just taking, taking clients, getting a paycheck and that's it. And really um, shifting into what are you really called to do? Who are you really called to work with and how can we message Put your messaging out there so you attract those people and let me tell you why these two things are related once you get there the marketing piece gets unstuck a little bit because at this point you're really enjoying creating content you're really enjoying you know going on facebook lives doing interviews because you're talking about something you're super passionate about and you get to teach and you get to raise awareness and you get to make an impact through your marketing and heal through your marketing beyond just you know pe seeing people in your practice yeah i get that i mean i i love this podcast i love creating videos but if i had to create a podcast and videos about accounting um then some of my enthusiasm might kind of decrease down a little bit as well so when you're talking with people and people are reaching out for help and you're wanting to kind of pull out why they're there like what is their true you know purpose what are some of the challenges that come up with that? And how, how do you go about extracting that information out of them? I think that it's, it's not so difficult extracting the information. It's, it's helping people decide which direction to go in. Because if, I, if, if you go back to why you started your practice, usually there's a story there. There is, 
something that you experienced in your life or that you witnessed in your life that had a big impact on you. I feel like this is a kind of a common denominator for healers, especially. Um, for some, you know, it, it's kind of passed out for the family, it's generational, and that was just like their natural next step. And then there's others that were just really, you know, they overcame something uh, through the work that they're doing now, or they, they witnessed it. And um, those things are pretty easy to uncover with just a few questions. But when you get to, okay, how do I share that? Or there's so much more to it, you know, where what do I leave out and what do I keep in? Like those kinds of things are where the messaging gets a little bit tricky. And uh, what, what practitioners will find is that uh, whenever someone asks them why they do what they do or who they work with or what they do, they answer it a lot of different ways. And that makes them feel like they're all over the place and that they're not being clear and whatnot. However, what I have found is that when I work with clients, and asking those questions and all the different ways that they answer those questions. Because I, um, when I work with them, I ask them in a lot of different ways, taking like different angles on kind of the same thing, which gets a little annoying sometimes. <laughs> okay, you've already asked this. Well, you answered it differently. <laughs> mm. And you can find the common threads between them. You, you've probably witnessed this before. Like you can say the same thing four different ways and you feel like you're all over the place. But if you find the common thread, you realize, oh, this is actually my message. And as long as you're staying kind of in that same line of thought, your message is actually a lot clearer than you think. Is, um, is Holly, is this, uh, uh, and I don't, I mean, it's an oversimplification. Is this about mm -hmm. kind of developing our elevator pitch for lack of a better word? I'm not such a huge fan of that in terms of that mm -hmm. 30 second bite size in terms of, Hey Angus, what do you do? Or, you know, is it, is it, is it that, is that what you're kind of leading towards? Yeah, that would be probably the end results of understanding what your message is. And the elevator pitch, I don't like that term either, but it's basically, you know, the way you describe your business when you're talking to someone or when you're uh, writing content for your website or, or that kind of thing, you have the opportunity to, to talk about what you do, who you serve, why you do it, maybe not all at the same time. And you want those answers to be consistent in a way they don't have to you have to say the same thing every time but you want the the underlying like message there to be consistent and that's when people begin to remember you for that got it so i would imagine because i'm just trying to think about you know if i'm in a social setting and somebody comes up to me it's i've got multiple hats that i'm wearing but if we go back to when i was just kind of in full-time practice if somebody mm -hmm. had said to me what do you do I mean, my stock answer probably would have been, hey, yeah, I'm a chiropractor. And that's, I wouldn't right. have gone any further than that as, right. as well. But you're suggesting that there's some follow-up stuff that we probably should be working on and communicating with that. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you want to specialize and get like a, a, um, attract clients that are more than just kind of the, you know, the ticket takers and they just come in, they get their adjustment, they're gone but you really want to work with someone to solve a problem over a period of time, it helps if you have messaging around that so that the person talk, you're talking to gets the value of what you do and, and really what it is you do. Because when you say chiropractor, everyone's like, oh, okay, you crack backs. <laughs> or if I get into a car accident, you're probably someone I should go to. They don't realize the full like breadth of 
the value of going to a chiropractor. Yes. Um, like even like as a child, if you're having uh, regular adjustments that can change your development. And if you have chronic pain later in life, like those kinds of things, people don't understand that. Totally. So if you choose what you're going to specialize in and um, you know, what you want to be known for is that people send, you know, whoever that person is to you. So in this instance, send my kids to you, you need to be able to communicate that. Yes. So how you would do that is when someone asks, you know, what do you do? You would definitely still lead with, I'm a chiropractor because that's going to, what's naturally going to come out of your mouth. It's the answer that they're expecting. But then you can say, but I am a little bit different than you probably are thinking of. Got it. And that gives you a good segue to kind of talk a little bit more about what you really do. Right. So that kind of bridging statement might go. So for instance, my wife is a chiropractor as well, and she has an expertise in helping uh, kids with learning difficulties. Um, mm-hmm. And she deals with a lot of kind of babies that might be developmentally delayed and stuff like that as well. So, you know, her statement might be, yeah, yeah I'm a chiropractor, but you know, my practice is mostly with kids and believe it or not, I actually work with lots of kids who have learning difficulties and are developmentally delayed and I help them kind of get back to their best. Is that kind of a mm-hmm. sort of statement that we're wanting to kind of head towards? Yeah, that like what you just said is, is definitely, it piques curiosity. It's very clear and it, kind of leads into the fact that, you know, I'm not quote unquote, just a chiropractor. Um, but I actually have, if you want to talk about it, um, kind of a framework that yes. <laughs> you've seen it, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I've told you I've been stalking. So yeah, I love your framework. I have a framework that you can use that really kind of helps you cover, um, the real breadth of, of why you do what you do in a way that people aren't just like, Oh, okay. But like they really, kind of on a deep level, understand it and, and kind of want to root you on. <laughs> yeah. I love this framework. And if we could do a, a, a dive into it and then also to let our listeners know is that when you're finished listening to this, I want you to head on over to Holly's website and I'll have all links through there as well and sign up to download this because there's a great, you know, PDF that goes along that walks you through this, but I think we can do a good job certainly kind of chatting through each of the three questions. Is there three? Yeah. Memory? Yeah. There's three. Um, and I'll give you the link to it because it's not going to be on my homepage for much longer. Right. Got I'll it. give you a link that they can find it. Got, I'll make sure that that's in the show notes as, as well. All right, let's go. I'm Perfect. excited. Um, so the framework's called the trailblazing trifecta. Hold on. Let me get a sip of water. <clears throat> All right. Lose my voice here. Um, So it's called the trailblazing trifecta. So it has three parts. And the first part is your philosophy. And this is where you really share your point of view of why you do what you do. So when I was talking earlier about how people that go into healing practices usually have a story or like a a calling to do this work, usually that's a part of their philosophy. Like they are seeing a problem in the world that people are missing um, or a problem in the industry that people are missing and they really want to create awareness for it. Mm. So your philosophy is, is, you know, in relation to, um, so for example, we'll take your wife, for example, since we have that information, um, you know, she works with children with learning uh, developmental delays. And um, so her point of view is, you know, that they might be seeing all of these different types of practitioners but not realizing that it's a very, you know, there's a neurological challenge here that could be adjusted physically versus, you know, seeing 
other, other types of support services. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't realize that there's like, there's a, it's kind of like a mechanic, like there's a wiring thing here that if we make some adjustments can actually open up a lot for them. Yeah. I mean, well, Lauren's experience is that, you know, so many of these kids are just medicated and as parents, right. we kind of just do what our trusted health advisor tells us, which is, Hey man, whack this kid on some drugs. <clears throat> so we do that. And many of them yeah. don't realize that, you know, through some really specific chiropractic care, some lifestyle changes and stuff like that, these kids thrive um, as right. well. So that would be her kind of background story that her and realization. So everything you just said is, is like the philosophy. Yes. Yeah. Got so you're it. kind of creating awareness, like you're, you're kind of bridging the gap between what people expect and are used to. So being medicated and, um, you know, just kind of covering up the symptoms of a real problem versus treating the root cause. And so, so in what you just said, you really bridge the gap between this is what people are doing and what they expect. And then this is how we're approaching it. Like, this is why we're doing this. Cause it doesn't have to be about it that way. They can thrive without medication. They can thrive in even better than they were before. Um, so that's philosophy. The second piece is methodology. Um, so, you know, if we're, if we're getting into semantics, method is how you solve a problem. It's like the actual modality. And the methodology is why you would do it that way. Sorry. So, is that is that, sorry, is, is the philosophy the why or method the how or the other way around? So yes. So it's, it's how and then why you do it that way. So yes. philosophy is why, you, why you're called to do this work, why you're doing it. Yeah, got it. Yep. And the methodology is why you do it the way you do it. Yes. Yep. Got it. So um, if you were to continue on with what you were saying and say, um, you know, so what, what I do is, is I work on the root cause of the delay with my patients and helping them through chiropractic adjustments to open up nerve, like whatever, whatever it physically actually does. Yes. That's the methodology. So it's like, I'm using chiropractic or like adjustments, which is the method. And this is what it's doing, which is why it's, why it's solving the problem. Yeah. Got that it. Sense? Yes, totally. And then promise, which is the third piece is what happens as a result. Yes. So that would be, they end up thriving without medication. You know, they end up getting, going so much further than they could before, like those kinds of things. But when you string these all together, it's actually pretty simple and it can be in like three sentences. And this could be an elevator pitch. Uh, when I work with the clients, we usually have like a long form version that kind of covers all the bases. And then we shrink it down to just three sentences that can be said in like 30 to 45 seconds. So if you needed to get in front of a room and say, get up and say what you do, you can get through it all without having to read a script or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it, it, when you string it together, it sounds a little bit like, um, so what I have found is that in today's world, we are medicating a lot of children for uh, symptoms that could be solved um, on, a, on a root level for good. This is like paraphrasing. And so yep. what I do is, is I work with the, with children that have developmental delays and I use chiropractic adjustments to, I actually don't know the science behind it, what it does. Blah, blah, blah. You're doing amazingly <laughs> well so far. I'm impressed. I feel like I am kind of leaving you hanging out there as, 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 as well, but I think our audience okay. kind of gets it. So, you know, I, yeah. we would explain yeah. a little bit in terms of, 
you know, in terms of, uh, you know, and I'm trying without to going how... too far down, like the science rabbit hole, but yes. just like kind of the big picture, what happens. Yeah. Um, and then, so as a result, my, my patients are able to thrive, um, and excel through these difficulties, uh, with reduced medication or no medication at all. Yeah. I get, uh, when I was going through this, I, I kind of ran through the process actually for my Adio Media business, which is where we kind of help, um, you know, health professionals with their marketing. And it was so, uh, it was so nice for me to kind of go through and I've done different versions of this, but I've never found a, a version that was quite as simplified as yours is. And then I can see that like, if this was almost, and I really want our listeners to think about if, if this is where you started, like before mm -hmm. you, chose the name of your practice to open your doors, all those kind of things there too. If you sat down and you started with this, it makes everything else so much more simple from, you know, maybe what colors that you would use to what logo that you would choose to what videos that you would make to what platforms that you're on. All of those kind of things then start to be great. And, you know, the, the one thing that I, I always realized is that people who had clarity of purpose, um, always seem to have so much more energy and excitement around their life and their work than those people that, that didn't. And it's so damn attractive when somebody just is oozing with purpose and passion as well. And this is a really simple process. So you know, I'm hoping you can kind of listen, gang, I'm bullish on this process that I want you to head on over to, you know, the links will be in the show notes and stuff like that. Spend some time. It doesn't take a long time. I think I, I've been continuing to work on it over the last few weeks. It was not like I did it that 10 minutes and finished, I keep on diving deep and I've got some even distinctions in the back of my mind as we're talking now as, as, mm -hmm. as well. So can you expand, like once they've done this work and they've got some clarity around it there too, what, what, like what happens next? Yeah. So the worksheet is, yeah, it takes like 10 to 15 minutes to get through it the first time, but I actually have a 10 week course <laughs> where you dive deep into each of the different areas to really clarify it. Um, so it can, yeah, you can go as, as narrow or as deep as you want, really. Um, so what happens after you've really clarified your message is exactly what you were saying, which is to take it across your marketing. So now you know what videos to create, which is, so you'd be creating videos about just sharing that philosophy and sharing it maybe through a few different case studies of patients that you've had, um, or, uh, you know, talking, bringing up recent events or articles in um, publications that chiropractors would be reading or that your, your patients would be reading. So maybe parenting magazines and writing articles that share this philosophy and the way you solve it. So you're starting to create awareness for this specialty that you have. And when you're so clear on what your point of view is and the, the type of work that you want to be doing, it really, it makes it easy for people to refer to you. And then you can even start creating packages for yourself that, you know, are a certain number of weeks long that maybe have some um, education in between sessions or assignments in between sessions, depending on what your specialty is. And those kinds of things can be sell, sold at a higher premium than just the dollars per hour per session basis. Um, and they can be sold in a much different way. So it's another way to kind of expand your practice from the ticket takers and into um, something that could really evolve over time into more passive revenue. If you were to package that and like package just the education pieces, like there's just so many things that you can do with it. 
And the first step is just really understanding, okay, what is my message? What am I here for? What do I want to be known for? Mm. And just really building your, your brand and your marketing around that. Holly, I'm sure you come across this with your clients that you coach. And I see this often that when I'm encouraging practitioners to, you know, take a stand for, you know, here's who I want, my ideal patient, you know, I fill my practice full of these people here too. There tends to be, because in the back of their mind, they say, well, hang on, Angus, if I just kind of focus on kids with learning difficulties, what about all the other people, you know, the mums and dads, yeah. the people with the headaches, that kind of stuff there too. Like, I, I want them all to come to me. So I don't, I don't want to just minimise my practice down to that because they feel like they're then going to be fishing out of a pool with less fish. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that kind of feedback? So this is so common, um, whether you're starting out or you're you experienced, like the thought of limiting yourself to just one ideal client feels literally limiting. Um, but the thing you have to keep in mind is a couple things. Um, one, you are going to become known for this work, which makes it very easy for people to refer to you. It makes you stand out in you know, the Rolodex of chiropractors and health practitioners. Um, so you're going to attract more clients because for instance, if I'm looking for, um, a, a, a therapist or, or whatnot, I'm going through and I'm trying to find the one that's, that solves my problem. It's kind of like when you buy a car, you, for the real big issues, you take it to the dealership, Mm. (laughs) to the person that specializes in working on your type of car, um, versus, you know, the, the backyard garage kind of thing, which is okay for oil changes. For the big stuff, like we we want the professionals to handle that. You're becoming that professional, that specialist. And so that's part one is that you're actually going to attract more people this way. And part two is you don't have to turn away the other people that are still going to come come to you because they found you online in the local Google listing Mm. or their friend who maybe uh, brought their child to you for their learning disability. Uh, has been talking about you with someone else that might not fit that avatar or that ideal client, but they just loved how you really listened and how like their friend gushed about you. So they're still, they're going to come to you, you know, just for general adjustments or whatever the problem is they're having in hopes that you can help them. And you can make that decision if it's a good fit or not. Uh, So really you're putting yourself in choice about who you're seeing Mm. and that's going to make things worlds easier for you. Yeah. I, I, I think when you kind of look across successful brands across the board, that we see this kind of focus in all of them. Now, whether it be, you know, at the very pointy end, you know, if you looked at someone like uh, Gucci, for instance, now they're not saying, hey, man, there's only a small portion of people that can afford our stuff. So therefore, we'll make some really cheap clothes as well. They put a line in the sand and said, here's what we're doing. Then you go the other end of stuff. And, you know, Walmart also isn't kind of making, you know, $10,000 jackets. And then we see with Apple with what they do. And I'm kind of reminded, I heard a really clever kind of marketing um, uh, case study of a guy in Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Sydney, Australia here as well, who he was a plumber and he branded himself as the um, hot water guy. Like that's what he was. He's... um, his website was that all his branding was that kind of stuff. And so he would come along and fix people's hot water services. And then at the end, when he's finished, he would simply say to the people, Hey, listen, if you have leaky taps and leaky toilets, um, you need drains unblocked, all that kind of unblocked because I do all of that stuff as well. Here's my card. Give me a call. But his Avenue Mm -hmm. in the door was he positioned himself as, you know, the hot water guy. And I think 
for so many of us, for many of you, you might be really happy just always and only dealing with kids. And if that's what you want to do, then do that or weight loss or fertility, all that kind of stuff there too. But if you like some kind of, you know, variance in your practice, that would be a really easy strategy that you could do to just diversify inside of that. But I think if we don't take the time to focus a really laser sharp message, it's so easy to get lost. That's so true. The hardest part really is getting the person in the door the first time. Once they know and love you, then absolutely you can say, you know, I can also help you with all of these other things and um, offer those services. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we've um, gone through a journey where we've kind of got some clarity in around our philosophy, our methodology, our promise. Um, and it, when somebody's done that, is, in many cases, is that enough for them to get the aha and unstuck? Or, or what, what are the next stepping stones that you tend to go through people that are in that kind of plateau, at, at, you know, for whatever their, their plateau is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from there, it can get a little bit more complex depending on what it is they need. But like at the very basic uh, is, you know, once you have that message, creating a marketing plan for yourself for how can I get this message out in as many ways and in front of as many people as possible. Um, so that might mean putting together a social media strategy, Uh, That might mean putting together a blogging strategy, uh, doing uh, interviews like this. So I rebranded at the beginning of this year and, you know, I put together a strategy where I'm going to be on between 30 and 50 podcasts over the next year to get my new message out. And uh, where your practices are, are probably mostly local. Yes. There's still a lot of opportunities to be creating those kinds of marketing plans where you're just getting yourself out in front of as many people as possible. And it's, it's a little bit more work up front to get the traction. But once people start to get to know you, uh, so for example, networking, um, I've always been terrible at networking because I'm not super social. Yes, not a strength <laughs> but of I found mine the either. Key. <laughs> yes, okay, share <laughs> <the> please. <laughs> it's to go to the same event over and over again. Um, I found that I would go to an event and I would find no satisfaction (laughs) and I'd want to leave the entire time I was there. Um, And so I wouldn't go to that one again. And I try this other one. Maybe I'll like this other one. But what I found is that if you actually stick to the same one and you go at least three times, people will start to know you and they'll start to talk to you and then they actually start to get to know what you do. So it's just like that. Like if you put the time in up front and you get the, the traction and you start building those links back to your website, you start building those referral partnerships from the people that you've been marketing with, uh, the clients will start to come in and the flow will continue to come from the marketing efforts you did. And then, then you can put it on a little bit more of like an autopilot kind of thing where maybe you're just um, you know, posting this many times on social media a week and that kind of thing. So once you get over that, that kind of initial we'll call it debut or uh, launch, Yes, <laughs> things do get easier. Yeah. Can you tell me, because you talk about a marketing plan, um, do you have some thoughts about what the ingredients should be of a good marketing plan? What, what, like, what does a marketing plan look like? Yeah. So actually, I didn't even mention that kind of before you start marketing, you need to make sure your website is in alignment with the message. Yes. Um, because all of your marketing is going to be pointing people back to the website. Yes. That's kind of what you want. You want to create your website to be the hub um, where people can learn about your services. They can uh, 
learn more about that message, that philosophy, that methodology. You might have some articles on there about that have case studies or some of the things that are going to be in your marketing. You want them also to just reside on your website where someone that's stalking you, for instance, <laughs> can, you know, get all their, get all their information that they need in order to hire you. So that would be actually the first step. And then um, can you ask your question again about the marketing plan? Yeah. So you talked about kind of putting together a marketing plan and for many of, of, you know, my listeners, the marketing plan is, you know, you may as well have said, look, you know, can you just write the, uh, uh, you know, the first version of A to whatever of the phone book, you know, it's like, what does it look like? I don't understand a marketing plan. You know, we're not trained in these kind of things there too. So what, yeah. what should a really good marketing plan include in it and what shouldn't be in there? So when you're creating a marketing plan, there's a couple of things you want to look for. Um, one, there are a zillion different ways to market yourself and you want to focus on two or three maximum. Yes. Um, and the, so examples would be, you know, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Those are three different outlets. So if you're focusing on all three, you're probably spreading yourself too thin. Mm -hmm. um, so part of doing this messaging work and this brand work up front is that you really get clear on who your clients are. So you know where to market yourself. For example, if you are working with children, you're working with weight loss, you're working with fertility, LinkedIn is probably not where you want to be. Yes. Because yes, that's yes. more for a corporate audience. Uh -huh. Facebook would be great for you. Twitter, probably not so much. Twitter is more for um, media outlets, brands, that kind of thing. So it's a great place to uh, network. Yes. Not really a great place to find clients. Uh-huh. So for most of your practitioners, I would say Facebook is probably pretty good. Um, and even just putting together a, like a Facebook group strategy versus a Facebook live strategy, like there's all this complexity. So chances are you've read about the different marketing methods, pick two to focus on it first. And what you can do is to make things easier on yourself is when you put together, um, the materials for your marketing. So the materials being the information that you're sharing about your practice, about your, the, the trifecta pieces we were talking about philosophy, methodology, promise. So the pieces that you're going to share about those things, you can repurpose them across different platforms. Yes. So what you write for your website could be put on Facebook and then you could even do a behind the scenes of why you created it and also post that to Facebook. And then you could do a interview on a podcast talking about the same thing. So you start to create this, um, this body of work essentially that can be used in a lot of different ways. And then once you've kind of established the habit of marketing yourself on those outlets, you can expand it because you already have content to feed more outlets. So if marketing is overwhelming to you, you know, start small with the plan to, as you start to gain traction and get good at it, you can start expanding into other areas because you don't need to be in everywhere from the get-go. That's just like too, like too much to handle. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's, this has been a consistent message that I've been hearing from lots of the guests on the show over this last month of, you know, just narrow things down because I think, um, you know, going deep in one channel 
has been in my experience. You know, I, look, I do a little bit of posting on Facebook, um, but most of the posting that I do, certainly through Adio Media, is, you know, I just hit the button under Instagram that says, hey, do you want to post this to Facebook as well? I know that doesn't mm -hmm. impact the reach as much, but it's better than nothing. And Instagram is where my audience tends to be. And it's also a platform that I like um, as, as well. So for me, I've kind of given up the idea of having to be everywhere doing everything because it, that gets overwhelming and I end up kind of doing nothing. So it kind of simplifies it all for me as, as well. If, if we're to get like a little more kind of nitty gritty in terms of granular mm -hmm. as well, we've chosen a platform and, you know, if we mentioned before, maybe it is Facebook that we've chosen as well. Um, in terms of strategies to communicate and frequency to communicate, do you have some thoughts about that? You know, videos, images, how often, how long, those kind of things as well? Yeah. So I can tell you what I do. Um, and first I want to point out what you said about you focus on Instagram because that's what you like. That's also really important is to like, how do you like to market yourself? Do you like being on video? Do you like speaking? Do you like, would you rather write? Like if a camera comes near you, do you freak out? <laughs> Maybe video is not the best. <laughs> um, so that, that's important to understand what you like. And so I'll share what I do and keep in mind that mine is definitely much more complex because I've been doing this for a while. Um, but you can take what I do and um, pick out the pieces that you feel like would work for you and it'd be totally fine. Um, so how I, how I do my marketing is I have an outline, um, that I follow for videos. And so I'll choose a topic and then I'll follow my outline to outline what I'm going to talk about. It really actually follows very much the trifecta. We're just talking about the trifecta in this particular topic that we're talking about. Um, so yeah, I can't come up with an example off the top of my head, but if you give me one, I can use it. Uh, <laughs> so I've recorded the video. Um, literally just like this, I have my background set up. I have two lights in front of me so I can do it any time of day, whatever. Yes. Um, record the video. It's usually five minutes or less. Like that's a pretty good, uh, good length. Um, shorter, the better actually, mm -hmm. if it's like two minutes, it's fabulous. Um, send that to a transcription service. So there's two there's, um, that work really well. One is rev.com, rev.com. Uh, it's a dollar a minute. And that's actually a person transcribing. Or if you just want it quick and dirty, temi.com, T-E-M-I, which is the same company. Um, but they, uh, Temi just runs it through software. And it just you just get a, a transcript that's been done by a robot. Not as accurate, but good when you're in a hurry. Um, and it's only 10 cents per minute. So it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so you take that and that become, you just clean it up so that you take all your ums and ahs and like awkward sentences that make sense when you're speaking, but make no sense when you're reading it. <laughs> yes. Clean that up. Yeah. That goes on your blog. So that now you have your blog post done. You have a video done. The video can go on YouTube. The video can also go on the blog. Um, then those same things can go to Facebook. Those same things can go to um, Instagram. You might just take a screenshot of the video, maybe put some text on it, um, of the screenshot, like what the title is. So that could go on Instagram. Um, so basically I use that to, to distribute. And then I take it one step further with each topic. I actually have, um, so I have a mastermind of people that are like doing this kind of implementation and I create cheat sheets for them. Yes. So I have this worksheet where um, you take the topic and then you break it into smaller chunks. Um, 
and also like engagement posts. So you might ask a question for, like that's relevant to the topic. Um, so if I wrote an article about how to pick your projects, I might have an engagement question. What projects are you working on this week? You know, it's just very simple. So you end up with just one piece of content. You end up with, you know, five to seven different posts that could go on a variety of different outlets. And then it's just a matter of scheduling them, which that part, like a lot of this can be outsourced pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Once you have the process down, um, really, you just need to be creating the content and then uh, the rest can be outsourced where someone else breaks it into these pieces, schedules it, whatever. Um, I feel like I just went on a really nerdy tangent. Was that like too? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's stunning, Holly. And I think what I'm, <clears throat> What I love about that is it's so easy so, for so many of the practitioners listening to go into overwhelm to think that, you know, I've, I've got to create an entirely new piece of content each and every day and maybe multiple pieces of content. But what Holly's kind of shown there is how a two-minute video can become multiple pieces of content. And then I'm hoping what our listeners are seeing too is that really inside of this, the only bit that Holly had to do was get in front of the camera. Like the, the whole rest of that could have been outsourced to somebody. And I, I'm really bullish too on, we all have support staff. Now, whether it's, you know, the front desk, we call them chiropractic assistants that are answering the phone, doing those kind of stuff there too. Um, most of them will do this for you. They can be trying to mm -hmm. do this for you. If you sit down and work out a workflow, you've got a worksheet. Um, and it doesn't, it, it, you know, that whole process, I do a very similar thing in terms of my content. And it takes me about 90 minutes on a Monday morning to create, uh, you know, 20 pieces of content. I have three pieces of content go out every day uh, and mm -hmm. a podcast that goes out and it, all that kind of stuff there too. Now, <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty black belted with how it goes there too. And I'm not suggesting that most people need to be posting on the frequency that I am, but mm -hmm. man, you know, 30 minutes once a week can board off to your staff there too. So no, I, I'm in such yeah, support. And the cool thing is that you can also recycle it. Yes. So I have my content set up on a six month recycle. Yeah. Where uh, I have this super nerdy setup. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm really good at setting up processes and systems to do stuff for me. Um, but I have it set up so that when I post a piece of content, it ages for six months and then comes back. Yes. So that I can decide, you know, does this align with what I'm doing right now? And I can actually repost it because, you know, people aren't paying. I mean, I have like two minute attention spans. No one knows that I posted six months ago. Totally. So like once you have your content, you have this body of content, it becomes even easier because you don't have to create as much new stuff um, because you can start recycling things that you've already done. Absolutely. And I, I think that's such a great kind of strategy there as well. You know, what was it six months that got a lot of kind of engagement? You know, you've possibly got mm -hmm. a whole new audience. And the fact of the matter is the engagement, certainly organically on so many of our posts is so low anyway. The chance of that same person who saw it engaged with it before seeing it again is also kind of really minimal. And if they there. did see it and engage it before, chances are they liked it and wouldn't mind being reminded of what you had to say at that time. Yeah. I mean, on Facebook, they always post, you, know, you always see people posting uh, like their, their <laughs> this day five years ago. Yes. And it's still in interesting. It's still relevant. Uh, and you can do the same thing with your content. You don't have to say that it was posted five years ago, but you can, you know, post it again and it'll get shared just as many times. Yeah. And in fact, there's even some uh, social media platform kind of planning uh, pieces of software that'll do that for you. Um, mm -hmm. I think Meet Edgar and some of those yep. as well. Meet Edgar. There's another one, socialbee.com, yes. um, which kind of does the same thing. And yeah, you, you basically load up the, cat, the library and it just 
post stuff on a rotating basis for you. You don't even have to look at it. Yeah. And I think, I think implementing and using some of those tools um, is great. You know, there's different talk around that they decrease engagement, stuff like that. I'm not actually sure if that's true. You know, I've, I've looked at some tests that have been done by, you know, it's a different things actually. So look, it doesn't impact it at all. Um, and it can make it a whole bunch kind of easier. Um, as, I think as what well. doesn't, what impacts it more is not posting at all. <laughs> See, this was exactly, <laughs> you know, my thoughts with it too. And I was laughing with Tony, a great buddy of mine the other day. I went, you know what? if using one of these platforms decreases my reach by 10%, let's just say that it does, yeah. you know, it, it's I, my strategy now has increased my productivity by three or 4,000 yeah. percent, like literally. Um, so I'll take 10% off three or 4,000 percent than me getting overwhelmed beforehand, pulling my hair out and going and not doing anything. So um, yeah, you know, it's I'm, just I'm, one more example of just don't overthink things. Everyone like, do what you do, what you can do the best of your ability. And it's better than, you know, done is better than perfect. Yes. Though I like to say good enough is better than perfect because sometimes done, you know, if it's, yeah. it doesn't have the right energy behind it, it's not going to help you, but don't overthink it and, and uh, allow all of the negativity to kind of kill your, kill your role. <laughs> yeah. Get the vibe here too. So I want to kind of um, wind things up and bring some things to a point here too, because we started off talking about, you know, being stuck in practice, in life at whatever level it is there too. And, you know, I, I think about how energy, uh, how much energy it kind of brings when you have real clarity around why you're doing what you're doing as well, which is why I, I you know, I don't do this a lot, a lot at the end of our podcast. I, I really want to encourage my listeners to head on over to Holly's site. And, and in fact, go to the show notes here because there'll be a link actually where you can kind of download the whole process. There'll, there'll be a whole process that Holly will take you by the hand and she will walk you through this as well. And um, it, it will help you get unstuck, it, you know. So Holly, do you have any kind of final thoughts that you want to talk about? Um, anything that we kind of haven't touched base with um, today? Um, nothing that we haven't already touched. <clears throat> um, but I guess, yeah, just starting with, starting with the messaging piece will be, I think a huge win for people and it, it's okay for you to do that worksheet and kind of test it out and see how people respond and then, you know, make adjustments as needed. I think the most important thing is that you start with something and then pay attention to how it works and, you know, you're going to adjust, uh, your message is going to grow and evolve just as your business grows and evolves and you grow and evolve. Um, so don't feel like you need to tie yourself into some kind of script and like only ever save it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm betting for those of you that take the time to do this, that you get a renewed sense of energy through it too. And I want to kind of give one caveat as, as well, is that I, I think that this process is a work in process as, as well. It, it's, don't try and make it perfect from day one. You know, when Holly's asking her questions, you know, start to get down your thoughts in terms of what is my philosophy? Why did I get engaged with this? What is my how? And, and for some of you, you might just sit down there and, you know, stream of thought, get this whole kind of nail, but I certainly didn't um, as, as well. But it'll start to, you can see how this can be the foundation of kind of everything sort of moving forwards as, as well, Holly. So um, on behalf of my audience, I want to thank you very much for putting that little tool together. Um, and I love your emails. I love the messages that you're sharing as, as well. So I'm going to want to, you know, obviously when you download this, you'll kind of get on Holly's list that she will kind of share with you as, as well. So 
thank you so much for joining me today. And I know this was a bit kind of tricky and around kind of bedtime for your boys and all those kind of things, but you've been super easy to deal with and a pleasure. My dog's sitting here right now. Like you're, you're <clears> you need to get off the phone. I, I did see a little furry. I need my snuggle kind of. time. <laughs> No. Well, I'm a huge dog person and my dog usually uh, is sitting in the background, but he's kind of the other end of the house um, today as, as well. So no, we're a very dog friendly podcast here as well. Dogs <laughs> always welcome. So, uh, and I'm happy to be here. I was so glad that we can make it work. Yeah. Thanks so much, Holly. So perhaps we can kind of wind ourselves up with a round two somewhere down the track because of all the questions I had to go through, we only got kind of touched on. It's amazing how quickly mm -hmm. kind of 45 minutes Absolutely. goes through. So Holly, enjoy your evening. Thanks for sharing so generously with us today. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Community Influencer Program. It's my monthly coaching program where we take all this material and I'll work one-on-one -on -one with you to apply, implement, systematize, and help guide you and your practice to the next level. Now you can join me on over at adiomedia.com forward slash join. That's adiomedia.com forward slash join. I'd love to see you in there.